0: Coaches, how are you? Hey, make sure to check out my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They were a main sponsor of my Legends Clinic last year, and I got to see in person why the Dr. Dish is undoubtedly the best shooting machine on the market. I'm super excited to get one in my program here soon. As a matter of fact, it's already in the process of being ordered. The technology and versatility of the machine are unmatched. Make sure to check out their product lineup and their new Dr. Dish CT machine on their website at drdishbasketball.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Dish B-Ball. Mention this podcast and you can save $300 extra on your next Dr. Dr. Dish purchase. Get one soon. This is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. coaches hello welcome to the championship vision podcast today is episode number 46 today we're interviewing coach ben perello he's the physical education teacher an elementary physical education teacher at houston elementary school in plano texas So excited to get my PE teachers on here! I'm getting the best of the best. I tell you, I pick these guys' brains. I'm so excited to have them on. Today, you're gonna really enjoy uh, Ben. I mean, he's just he's just a just a great mentor for all of us. Uh, Has great activities. Let's talk a little bit about him. Benjamin Perillo has been an elementary physical education teacher since 2001. He was awarded the 2015. Tapered Elementary Teacher of the Year in 2016 shaped America's Southern District Elementary Teacher of the Year. He has been fortunate enough to teach on the same campus his entire career and in 2008 he was awarded Teacher of the Year for his campus. Since becoming a teacher within his district, he has been part of developing their coordinated school health and physical education curriculums. Upon moving to Texas, he quickly became a member of Tapered and over the years became became more involved within the organization. He started presenting at the annual conventions in 2010 and by 2013 was volunteering more with Tapered. Benjamin has been helping the organization in its endeavors to become more visible in social media. Benjamin loves to share his ideas with colleagues around the world. In 2013, he created a YouTube channel to share engaging activities he uses with his students. And believe me, I use all of his activities. He does a fabulous job on YouTube. Each week during the school year, he posts one dance video and one physical education video. The physical education video, videos focus on various skills students learn in using dynamic activities. His dance videos are the most popular where anyone can follow along, much like the popular dance video games. In 2014, Benjamin created his own website to share more content for teachers to use in their classes. On the website, teachers can download and use various materials like fitness cards, assessment forms, posters, cross-curricular items, and much more. He's an author of various eBooks that are available in his Teachers Pay Teachers store. Benjamin has been honored to present for different state organizations, national organizations, and school districts. His love and passion for physical education is evident during the presentation. He is a fun, energetic, and enthusiastic presenter. When presenting, he always carries the same flow of energy throughout the whole presentation. The teachers walk away with a variety of activities they can easily incorporate within the school's curriculum. His presentations focus on activities which help reinforce previously learned skills by providing some ways to integrate technology, coaches and my great PE teachers out there, let's welcome Coach Ben Perrello. Hello, hello. Hey, Ben. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? Good. Good. How's it going out there in Texas?
1: Um, not too bad. Weather's pretty nice, but uh, allergies are going crazy.
0: <laughs> that's great hey I, I first want to tell you man thanks for joining me on the podcast uh i get i get mostly basketball coaches but i get some great p.e. teachers you probably know a lot of them like ben landers and pete charette those type of guys are you familiar with those guys
1: definitely am
0: yeah and hey we're getting the best right now right this is number 46 we're getting the best p.e. teacher around
1: <laughs> as far as i know sure
0: <laughs> well, you- but I, I I appreciate what you're doing with sharing us sharing with us all our PE teachers. I steal your stuff all the time, my friend. I mean, you do a great job on getting a lot of information out to us, us teachers. So thank you again for doing all that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it, I'm just I'm glad it's being useful, you know. that so Hello Uh-oh Hey coach Hello Yes. Okay. Sorry, I thought I, thought, yeah. I, thought I lost connection.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Sometimes yeah, sometimes that happens, uh, particularly, I mean, sometimes with Wi-Fi, you just never know. But that's not a problem at all. Okay. Uh, I usually kind of try to edit that out. Okay. Hey, I'm just trying to – just tell me a little bit about yourself on um, how you kind of had that journey of you know, just wanting to become a great PE teacher, man. You really stepped it up. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, well, uh, I went to the University of Northern Iowa. I graduated back in, like, 2001. Upon uh, graduating, uh, while I was there, we had a teacher expo and one of the school districts, the one that I'm at now, was there. And they had uh, told me that there was a possibility of one or two openings. And I said, okay, well, let me come on down and check it out. And end up getting hired at one school. I only had the one interview. Been there at the school for 18 years, and um, about five, six years ago, uh, we were at my uh, brother's uh, and father's. We were celebrating their birthdays, and he was telling me that I should get on YouTube. You know? other than that, and all there's nothing I would do, and so we kind of hashed it out. I'm like, I, "What would I even do that's different than what other people are doing?" He goes, "I don't know, but you'll figure it out." And he was right. I did eventually figure it out. Uh, and so he kind of pushed me into that, and then kind of pushed me into to getting a Twitter account. And so I did that as well, and it just has kind of grown from there. And you know, it's just I'm glad that what the content I can put out there is being is useful. You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's very useful. Hey, hey, you're that's a pretty good percentage. You had one interview and then one hire. I Man, that's that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I was batting thousand on that
0: one. <laughs> you are, I tell you, that's not bad. Um. Now, do you coach it also, Ben, or you? Just, or you just teach? You just teach elementary PE. I,
1: I just teach elementary PE. Um. When in college, I did coach gymnastics. I I was in a gymnast, so it was real basic, entry level, uh, the lower level, uh, the first two levels, I think, uh, for boys gymnastics. So I think it's reverse. So I think there's just a higher number. I think they're like level seven, eight i can't remember how it goes it's been so long uh and so no i when i <laughs> when i first started the interview i i i had to even ask like do you have any openings not necessarily having to coach cuz going through school and college it was always you know you have your teaching responsibilities and then after teaching then you you coach uh, right. on top of that so i'm like i don't need the two to go hand in hand uh so he's like yeah and i've never really have had to do it i would if i Needed to, but uh, I. It's not like that's coaching. Is not like where my passion. My passion is more physical education than it is with coaching.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of jealous in a way because I I I love both, but I'm worn out, man. When during basketball season, I'm doing both, and you know how it is working with elementary kids, and then I gotta, you know, I'm going home at nine ten o'clock at night. So I'm kind of jealous a little bit on. on I wish – maybe as I get older, maybe I'll just do one. But uh, mm-hmm. I know how tough it is. Yeah. Hey, it tell – It's very yeah, it's, it is. And I know guys like you and Ben, uh, all these guys, great PE teachers out there. You guys spend a lot of time, though. I mean, it's not like you just kind of show up. You spend a lot of time really developing, being creative with your lesson plans, don't you?
1: Yeah. You know, there's a lot of thought that goes in there. And, and sometimes – I'll repeat lessons from previous year if I need to, but my, when I started doing the YouTube stuff, I'm like, well, I'm going to run out of ideas if I don't keep thinking of new ideas. So I set my own personal goal as every time I come up to to a unit to think of at least two new, I don't know, activities to go with it. So that really kind of helped push my um, creativityness. And so, I just kind of keep doing it every year and changing up as much as often as I can as well. It keeps it fresh for the kids and myself as well. So th- definitely there's some time that goes into that to think, okay, are, is this A, is this developmentally appropriate, B, is it based standard-based, Is it am I going to hit these criteria that I'm looking at hitting, and then is it going to be engaging for the students, and are they going to enjoy it? Yeah, so there's there is a lot you know there is that thought process there but it it can be time consuming but once you have it down it actually surprisingly how quick it will come to you
0: yeah and you definitely have a good system i've been reading a lot about you and kind of you know stealing a lot of things that you do your website's great you really provide a lot of free resources and so forth to all everything's just right there it's just up to the pe teacher man just take advantage of it hey Mm -hmm. um why do you love teaching elementary? I, I know me. I won't teach anything else unless I absolutely have to. I love the elementary kids. Is this because they have passion just like you? or wh- Why do you do that? Well, I do it
1: kind of like what you're saying, like the passion that, that they have. Like they love to come in and play and run and move. Um, they That's what they – I mean, their kids is natural to, them, to most of them. Uh, when and, and when I student taught, I student taught in the middle school, and I had a fantastic experience when I did it. And I thought, well, maybe I could do middle school as well. But, you know, sometimes they hit that age, that middle school age, high school age. It's just it, it kind of tears off a little bit. They <laughs> don't really um, – they don't really – I don't want to say care, but it's like they don't really sometimes they they act like they don't want to be there. And I want the kids that want to be there. I love that they want to be there. I love they want to be active. I love I can do the stupidest thing in the whole wide world and they will eat it up. They'll love it. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And and I could be I could be myself. I could be a goofball and, you know, fool around with them. And and so, yeah, it's just there's that funness there uh, that and passion that they have that I love.
0: And let's be honest, man. You're um, you got to be entertaining for kids, I, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I know I love having fun with the kids, and I see you do a great job of that. You love doing all your dances and thing and things like that. Um, you have to, don't you, to really kind of get the get the audience going?
1: Yeah, pretty much. They uh, you de- you have to. Uh, <laughs> it's like being on a show. You have to be on your toes all the time, and because you never know either something can go wrong or something can go right, or some kid will just come up and just tell you a story and you just kind of roll with it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's definitely an entertainment type system.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, tell me about um, why would you recommend, I know you do a lot of presentations for national and state organizations. First of all, why, why do you do that? And secondly, why is it important for all PE teachers to get involved with their organizations like, um, Apert and, you know, uh, shape all that. Why is that important?
1: Yeah. So I, I love sharing. I mean, it's evident from the website and YouTube channels. So I love sharing the content because if people can take something and use it and enjoy it, uh, and, and their kids are and students are going to benefit from it. Then, I, then that's, that's why I do it. If, one person come back, two people, three people come back and tell me thank you or i enjoyed this or i enjoyed that. I can't wait to use this. To me that it's so worth doing that and that's why I keep doing it because people encourage me to do it based off of that feedback. Uh I feel it's very vital, very important to be involved in your organizations, uh state, national because that is where you're going to get a lot. I mean, you can get a lot from Twitter, you can get a lot from Uh, some of the other, So I only use Twitter really and YouTube, obviously, but you can get a lot of professional. I don't want to say development, but growth from those revenues. But it's that interaction there. You get more interaction that FaceTime with people when you're at those state organizations and the national and national conventions. And I think, I just think it's vital to give back to those communities that help fight for the teachers. You know, they, there's so much more that we don't always realize and think about about how they go to bat for us in legislation. They're fighting for us to to keep us in the um, say I don't like equal to all other teachers, you know, with ESSA and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's very important that we support our state organizations because those dollars are also going towards those other things basically to help us have jobs.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And do you think, uh, and this is kind of same uh, on topic there. I uh, JD use, I went to a, I went to a, a presentation by him and Pete Charette, uh Dave cynical, and they told me that they only have uh, kids only have PE once a week uh, in the big public schools here in Georgia, which is absolutely absurd. I did see that you guys have it, what, four days a week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Texas has a bill that states that the kids need physical activity 135 minutes a week or 30 minutes daily. So okay. that really helps to having that in our pocket. So the way our schedule works and I, whenever I present, I always tell people how my schedule goes and they're like, Aah! they cringe when they hear it because I'm like, no, man, it's great. It's fantastic. It works. I love it. it it's perfect. Uh, So I see them four days a week, and it equals out to about 150 minutes a week. So our specials team is divided out to art, music, and PE. And so we take all the kids during that 50-minute block, and the teachers have their planning period, their off period, and they do their collaboration and and working together. So we divide at my school. Each school is usually different. So my school, we divide them out to to five groups, and then three groups stay in PE, One group goes to music, one group goes to art. Well, after 25 minutes into the 50-minute period, the class that's in music will come to P.E., and one of my P.E. classes goes to music. So they do like a flip-flop. They do that flip-flop twice a week, and then the other two times they're in with me for 50 minutes. So that equals 150 minutes of uh, time with me, which I love. I love that having that time with the kids. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to have. Them. And now our groups, I say that and it's myself and I have a pair of with me. Uh we're we're I'm on a pretty small campus. So I say like three groups, but you got to understand my groups pretty small. So you're looking only at about 30 40 kids in there. Uh is my big group is like 40. There's some campuses where it might be like 60 kids. You know, kind of like it well, is I, in Georgia, you know, there's there Yeah. I think it's a whole Southern thing from what I gather, like even like people out in Florida, you know, they have 120 kids and there's other places in in Texas that will have that same thing, 120 kids. But yeah, my campus is really small, really tight. So I'm very fortunate and I I love it.
0: Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting that everybody, every state's a little bit different. What hey, tell me what, what you think about we do here I'm at a charter school here in uh, near near Atlanta. We have it uh, nine weeks, so the kids don't have it all year round, which I don't like. I'm actually I, I kind of like what you guys are doing with the four days a week. I kind of like that. We have nine weeks every day. They, they have PE every day for 50 minutes. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I, like the kids don't like it because they want it every day. They pretty much want it all the time.
1: Yeah, and we know through being involved in the the field, we know how important physical activity is for the kids and what it does for the brain and all that research that's been done how beneficial it is. So it it'd be more beneficial if you could if something could be extended through the year, like you're saying, they they want it, they enjoy it. If it can be something offered the entire year, it would be really helpful for those kids. You know, you you see them as much as I do in terms of kids who just are like their motors going 100 miles an hour.
0: It, it is it yes. Down.
1: So right, that physical activity time is very vital to those kids. Uh, and if they're only, you know, say, you know, they're only with you for that nine weeks, they're they're probably being rock solid for that nine weeks. And then what are they doing for the other? Nine weeks or the other half of the year <laughs> to help with that, yeah, a uh, motor on the go you know would they, if they well their no teachers output, love p e because I mean
0: because they know they need it, uh because we have kids, they have recess, things like that, but they need an organized p e class where they're getting after it for fifty minutes uh we want to do that's why I, I want to kind of get more information from you later about how you're doing that if you don't mind because. I'm trying to get it extended. Now, I'm the only PE teacher. I'm a one-man show. Um, So I wish I, you know, maybe we can get a para with me and so forth. And um, So I'm really looking to make some changes there, but I know how tough that is in schools. Uh, But I appreciate the info.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That'd be great. Hey, Coach,
0: tell me about um, what is your core values in your PE class? Uh, And I think you might have mentioned it. In some of your uh, your your uh, ebooks or your your videos, what are what are two or three things you're really trying to work on, trying to get accomplished in your classes?
1: Well, I want my students to understand uh, the the uh, like the, the critical elements how to do the skills. Uh, that's like number one. Like I, I really want them to know and have a good grasp on how to do those things, so that as they pass through me and on to the next people, hopefully I've given them enough in their pocket that as they get older, they can be comfortable enough to be like, Oh, Hey, I kind of dabbled that with coach Perillo. Maybe it's something I would like to do. Uh, And I really talked to kids too. Like when you leave me, especially when they're in fifth grade, I said, when you move on from here, you got to find an outlet, you know, you got to find something to find to, to be active. You know, you can't, you can't always do basketball, I mean, bas- no, not say basketball, because you can Basketball is the easiest, one of the easier ones. That you can always go somewhere to play. Um, but, you, you know, it's. I tell them, like, I was a wrestler, so it's a little bit harder, you know, for me to find something to be really active with. So you got to find that outlet. you got to find that resource, mix it up a little bit. And so I'm hopefully being able to give them a well-rounded um, education for with the physical literacy so that they are comfortable uh, in it. But I also want the kids to learn in my classroom that we're all there to work together and we're there to support each other. And so, you know, we need to help each other out in that journey, um, learning these uh, skills that are, are needed. So those are, I would probably say the two things that I really.
0: Yeah. And I, I really to want to kind of classroom. continue on with that with, you know, how do you teach? Cause I know in elementary Um, and I, you have some of the best games Ben. I've stolen so many of your games, man. Um, and I I love how I just feel like you got to have some engaging, fun activities. And that's why I take a lot of your stuff. And I really appreciate that. Talk about, um, first of all, how you organize your PE classes. So the listeners that I have a lot of PE teachers that listen to this podcast, How, how do you organize how do you organize your day uh your, your warm up your skills how do you, how do you do that
1: all right so uh I base it off of the grade level uh and it changed this year just because of how when they uh the, the way the schedule is so it, i used to keep four five uh three two three and k one kind of similar activities but this year because the schedule changed and ha- instead of having to move equipment take equipment uh several times through the day uh I simplified it a little bit so now I do similar activities for sec mm-hmm. kindergarten through second and then third through fifth so uh for but their warm ups are a little bit different from second on up so kindergarten uh no. I'm, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit I know but like so kindergarten and first grade when they come into me I like to have them practice their locomotor skills so every day they come, We it's the same routine, sticking to locomotor skills. So they come in, we gallop, uh, and this all takes about three, you know, maybe three minutes, four or five, somewhere in there. Depends on how, how many <laughs> exactly. times they stop to talk to me. <laughs> so, um, so they'll come in, we come in and gallop. I take them through this progress, progress gallop, four hop switch, um, skipping, then we do jumps. Leaps, uh bear crawl, crab walk. So I'll go through those patterns with them and then from there depends on what I'm gonna look at doing for skill building. I will go into doing um a dance or two uh that I project. Thankfully I have all those videos <laughs> and I don't have to dance anymore. <laughs> I'm like just flashcoach well, up here. So um so we'll do one or two. So like if I don't have a lot to teach for the skill building piece. If it's just an a- because we're I use that spiraling curriculum, so if we're coming back around to the skill, I don't spend a lot, a whole lot of time skill practice because we've already hit it prior to. So, like say now at the end of the year, we did one activity, and then when I switched with music, I I went to another activity. So there would be two more activities after the warm up. Um. And so if towards the beginning of the year usually it's some kind of activity that focuses getting a lot of high repetition like if we we're doing throwing um i've got a warm-up or, or a uh, skill builder like i that i like to use i put the dice in the middle and i have on the outsides you know six different quote-unquote stations they just go to the middle they roll they go to that number and they throw it one time say so like it's knocked the ball off the cone uh and so quick thing so they're always coming back to middle and rolling so they're getting that movement going back and forth but it's something like that that get they get a lot of high repetition with throwing so i'll do that and then when i switch your music then i would go into my main activity at the end that involves throwing for my older kids so second grade what i do with the warm-up i do fitness warm-up for second on up so that stays the same uh and then it might in So they'll do that maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I've got, like, these bang cards. They're, like, the best-kept secret on my website that, like, not a lot of people know about. And I'm like, I don't know why. It's because it's, like, at the very bottom of my free phys ed files under fitness files. If you go there and scroll towards the bottom, there's these cards called bang cards. And basically it's kind of like they look like, you know, it's pictures of me doing the uh, jump jack or a frog jump or a bell jump. So I do a lot of different fitness games with those cards. Uh, and then we do skill practice. And then again, then when I switch with music, uh, we do our culminating activity, uh, that involves that skill. So that's kind of the breakdown. I try to do a cool down with stretching a little bit, or, you know, we do restorative practices on our campus. So for sometimes I'll do like a circle time where we get together and we talk about the skill or if I have flickers, um, I haven't been using that as much lately as I should be, but, um, so that's kind of the in a
0: nutshell. It makes a lot of sense. Lessons. Yeah, I definitely, so uh, I definitely love that. I think all your really great teachers like yourself. I think we all try to. We have the basically the same format. Everybody does a, a little bit different though, which makes it kind of unique, right? Uh, um, you know, JD used yeah, does certain sure. things that I tell you what I, I I don't do that I I'm going to start doing are the dice. I love there's so <laughs> many activities you can do with the dice. Tell me about some more things you you do with the dice and and also JD adds you know the math concepts and all that stuff
1: yeah for sure um, well there's um, that dice bonk that went around I'm trying to remember off the top of my head um, I can picture his face and he started doing that dice bonk and that went crazy and that was really cool um, but it's just like I use it for let's say it's like we're doing our warm up, and I'll put the dice in the middle. And if you roll an odd number, it's, it might be jog a lap. And if you roll an even even number, you get a power walk a lap. So it's just simple things like that too, that, that I'll use it for, or a point system. Let's say we're working on throwing, throw the ball, knock down the bowling pin, go roll the dice, whatever number you roll, that's how many points you've earned, you know, set up the bowling pin, let's keep going. Um, you know, you can even throw in your math where if you give them two dice, they have to roll it together and add them. And, um, yeah, there's, they're so versatile, and that's why I like to use – I try to use – I don't try to use them all the time, but it's definitely one of my go-to pieces of equipment. Yeah, that and
0: that uh, of course, you can get those at S&S, right? I mean, you can get those pretty much anywhere. Uh, for some reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I don't much have, much I thought much. I have some yeah. good equipment, but I don't have those. I need to step it up, Ben, man. I, I need to, I need to, I need to upgrade. Uh,
1: yeah, the big, get, get in the pocket of the, uh, the people, the principal and the office manager there that controls the money and be like, hey, I spent my budget already. You got to make <laughs> Exactly. <extra>
0: for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, tell me about, um, Tell me about also Flickr. I, I don't use that at all. What I know people, a lot, of, a lot of teachers talk about that. Tell me how I can use that in my program.
1: Uh, well, there's a couple different ways. Um, I just use the Flickr's cards. Uh, so it's a great way to like do an assessment with your kids. And uh, you can use the cards to answer like a true-false question or a multiple-choice question. And it's a free resource they do have, like, a paid version. I, I, to be honest, I don't know what comes with the paid version because I don't pay for it. Um, I, well, I don't pay okay. for the paid version. I use the free one. And it's nice because you can go back through and look at the questions you've asked. You can see what the kids answered. So there's a little bit of data in there that you can use uh, for if you're needing it for grading or anything like that. Uh, so, and it's simple. You just set up your class. It's, it's, if you have kids names in a spreadsheet all you gotta do is drag and drop them in you assign them a, a number so that way when you use the cards every time you have questions they answer using the cards um and they turn it a a certain way in order to um to answer the questions um and then let me think what else so the other way people use it is they use it they call it, uh, plagnets. So then they take the plickers. Okay. It looks like a QR code kind of thing. So they'll take the, pla- the, plagnet, the, the, the car gets put on a magnet. And then basically the kids uh, will do, they use it. A lot of people I've seen it use more as a, a self assessment. So if they're doing working on throwing, so they test, check the level where they're the, the comfort level where the student feels they are on that learning process. Um, and they go and turn their little card, their magnet to whichever direction. So there's like, wow, I got it, almost, not yet, I think are the four words terminology they're using. Joey Fight started that. Um and then uh Mike Dinakola kind of really helped you know, he brought it up to uh to light a little bit as well. He pushes a lot about that too, uh, with the the flagnets. But I know Joey and he had talked too about it, so um, it's a really cool system. I unfortunately don't do it because I don't, uh, with my students because the uh, district guidelines say I can't really have anything that shows that would put a kid on a spot yeah. like that. Like we can't do list of names, uh, anywhere. And so by having that to me, the kid even if I just have the number on the front of it, the kids will know who that is. So I haven't really used it, but definitely I know there's a lot of people out there that do and they love it. And I I do think it's a good thing. It's just I unfortunately am not where my predicament, I can't, it's not something I can have uh, use, but I can do the same thing instead of just having them go up and do it. Then so when I call my students over and I might have a question about a health topic or a question about the skill that we use in class, and then the next question could be where where, where, where am I at on my learning process of how to throw the ball? you know am I almost not quite got it you know where am i at? so i do the same thing but it's more while they're holding it rather than having
0: yeah own. i appreciate you sharing that T- tell me how you assess well I-, I like to see us kind of here at our school kind of change our assessment um make it a little bit more a little bit more detail a little bit i mean right now it's you know we can only do so much with our assessment. What do you do there in Texas or at your school? How do you assess your kids? Are there participation, skill work? Um, Do you test quiz them? How how do you all do that? Uh,
1: It varies, I think, from district, and it varies even within the district based off what you do on the campus. It's all based off what the teacher uh, does. So uh, about a year or so ago, I – created a google form that houses all the different skills that i could possibly want to teach during the school year so what i do is i have the kids in their groups and so every day out of the week so monday it might be i don't know on am top of my head but monday might be my dedicated group tuesday might be my attitude group so every five each day i have a different group that i'm assessing and so when there are part usually i i I assess them while they're playing in the activity. I don't. I usually don't call them over and be like, "All right, here, throw the ball against the wall, kick the ball against the wall." Uh, I rather see them after we've already learned and after we've already worked on it. I want to see them apply it in an actual activity. So that's when I'll watch them in and. I just stayed on the sideline and I find Susie, okay. I pull Susie's name up. I go to the skill I'm assessing and then I'm watching tap critical elements if they uh of what she's not doing correctly and then the very last tab is a uh, mastered it. So, and I didn't do it in the end of last year cuz I didn't collect enough data. But I've got enough data now from this year. My plan is to take all the uh, the Google sheet that I, yeah, it makes a Google sheet, Google sheet from the form, Google form I made. I'm going to take that and compile it and, make, and merge it with a, a Google doc that gives a nice little printout for the parents so they can see what skills I assessed and what skill, what did they, did their kids master it or do they need to do a few other steps in order to show mastery? So that's the, that's the, that's what I, been using between that and clickers and using those two as my forms of assessment for the kids Um, some teachers go based off of what they see and what they view and they just go on for feedback as they monitor yeah I would think
0: uh, and you have those Google forms on your website I think I might have seen something
1: yeah there are actually um, I don't have my big mass one uh, on there but I do have a lot of the individual ones, and I think I've changed them because people were going in and, like, <laughs> adding their own kids' names, and I'm like, uh-oh. So I had to go back through and change them just recently. I okay, just yeah, great, right great. Template. Yeah, I changed them. So now, yeah, now it forces right. you to make a copy of it. So when people go in there and click on it, it should make a copy in their excellent, Google excellent. Drive as long as they're logged into Google uh and then they can change change and move it so th- there's a good chunk of assessments already there um that's for sure so that's that's it and that's
0: another like you're saying that's another yeah and that's awesome to, I, and i appreciate uh, you doing awesome. that i um because i know i don't think assessment uh, uh, maybe this is the negative me i don't think a lot of PE teachers are sad maybe they don't have time but do you think it's kind of a is that kind of a lacking in our profession are we really ass- assessing kids enough?
1: I I, I would say y- yes, I think it's lacking. Um, I think that's definitely if people want to say I'm a teacher and take me seriously, I think they need to do some of the same kind of things that t- other teachers do. There's other teachers, classroom teachers, music, right. they assess their students just as well. So we need to take that step, and and I think there that there is a a disjoint there. I think there's a lack of people assessing, and there's and there's many factors to it. One, maybe somebody's not comfortable, quite, yet on making sure they're doing it the right way, uh, for assessment. The other thing is it could be a situation where, like in the south, you have got <laughs> 120 kids. Well, how do you assess right. 120 kids? in a 30 minute class period or even a 50 minute class period. So there's those other factors that yes, I know those people want to assess but they have no way no way to to really do it beneficially, you know. And so yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's definitely something that we can some of the P teachers. Now, there's a lot of teachers out there that do a lot of grade assessment. And then, then there's also the uh, people will use the spam um, video delay. Okay. And so the kids have that peer assessment piece as well. And so some people will record their kids with the iPads and back it up to iCloud. Or there's another, I don't remember what other program people use for grading, but it costs. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, Yeah. And then, like too, if you video record it, I know some teachers will go back and grade that video. So they'll do stations, and one of the stations is record yourself on the iPad. So then that is done, and they can go on their back. The teacher can go back on their own time to review it and look it over and and everything like that. So I mean, that's another revenue if people are are. I guess, yeah, and
0: that's a, a whole another podcast. You, know, you can do yeah. a, you can do a great podcast just on assessment, can't you? Um, <clears throat> and I know I know. Coach Ben Landers, and I, I, I take a lot of things from Ben and that I have kids assess themselves. Uh-huh. Um uh, particularly at the end. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um peer assessment's good because then a lot of the the way I view the peer assessment it'd be it's nice that they do watch each other. Um because when they're watching each other, there's an understanding there like they're so honed in on okay, what do I need to look for? What do I need to look for?" And somehow that knowledge of what I'm trying to look for will cross over to, "Oh, hey, that's right." When I was assessing Susie, we're supposed to step with the opposite foot because that's what they read, you know, and so there is that transfer I feel with the kids that that's important too with the the peer assessment. And that's something I didn't mention earlier. I do that Google form that I use. I have a copy of it that I have my students use. Uh, we could check out uh, uh, iPads. And so I pull it up on the iPad and the kids use it as as well. Um, and then I can go back and review it at any point in time. Uh, you know, just kind of see. I haven't really yet, but I, it's nice that, they're able to have that tool to to be um to go back and review and yeah i i i, I don't see anything wrong with peer assessment I, I see it being very beneficial to the teacher and the students yeah and i
0: think it, it probably takes a lot of this training and so forth of the kids uh, i think in the long run the kids take more ownership in their field development uh, and uh, um, i think i think it's great actually, yeah to be honest yeah. with you um uh, Hey, tell me about, all right, Kevin Furtado, this is my biggest issue that I have, uh, is uh, I'm going to do great. I, I, I have good protocol, good class management. But the area that I noticed that kids nowadays have a biggest problem with is honesty and sportsmanship. Um, and I don't know if it's a societal thing. I don't, I don't know what it is. But – You know, little kids know how to cheat. I mean, so I gotta constantly address with my reminders every day. How do you deal with that?
1: Uh, Same thing, just constant reminders of (laughs) following the rules, and you know that we need to. uh, You know, we're we're all here to learn, and we're all, and we all want to play. Yes, we all want to win, but it doesn't help if we're not all not following the rules because when you see somebody else that's not falling or you see somebody else cheating to try to win you know how does that make you feel oh it makes me feel sad yeah it makes me feel sad too how now how do you how do you think they feel and so you know it's just a lot of that redirection and a lot about that learning process of um, making sure that the um, just having those talks with the kids and I mean, it's not stopping. The other thing I like to try to do is I try to find weird, different ways mm-hmm. to score to "quote unquote" win a game. Uh, so you'll like in some of my videos, I, I'll even talk about them and and I'll say, okay, well, they I might have a team that might have like twenty five bean bags, and like things like if they're collecting bean bags and and scarves, and then I might say, all right, they may only have two scarves. And I know they were cheating. So I'll be like, all right, count all your scarves. And then they're like, oh, you win. Or I might be looking for one specific thing, you know. And so it, it's always it's, – I always try to stay a, 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 a step in front of the kids to for when it comes to scoring, when it comes to trying to win, that kind of thing. I try to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm ahead of them so that I curve it in a way. If they're cheating, I fix it by – finding these other other revenues for right that's a great family. idea
0: and uh i have my my k-3 th- well actually my third grade is all my classes are competitive <laughs> i just gotta tell you uh, which is good which is good because they love the games yep. now i i do a lot of i do a lot of games i'm I, I just i just love doing that uh and the kids but i try to keep everybody engaged and to be honest with you I'm not really that concerned about the best athletes in the class. I'm concerned about the shy kid that doesn't mm-hmm. say much. I want that kid really engaged. Yep. What about what, – I mean, what do you think about that?
1: No, I think that's that's spot on because I, I, I do the same thing. Um, that shy kid was me. I mean, I was decent athletic-wise. Uh, I played baseball growing up, so that was really good uh, that was okay with me, but, you know, I try to watch out for the, the quiet ones, the shy ones, the ones that always don't speak out, um, and speak their mind or whatever, you know, and I always try to go over to them and talk to them and say, Hey, how's it going? How's you need help with anything? How are we doing on their skill? That kind of stuff. So I do a lot of check-ins with those guys because they're, they tend to be the ones that, you know, when you're like, all right, who understands it? they may, they're probably not the ones that are raising their understand uh, hand if they really don't understand what's happening. Uh, so yeah, I look out, I, I do the same thing. My, I I'll never forget my very first year. I was also uh, teaching. I was also in charge of, um, our safety patrol at school. And, uh, we have a thing at our fifth graders they go away for a camp and our fourth graders had to take over for safety. And there was a little, there was a boy in there that I, I called him over. I called him by his name. I said, Hey, come here. I got to ask you a question. And I was asking if he wanted to serve safety while fifth grade was gone. And um, he later came up to me. He goes, well, thanks for picking me a coach. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. No problem. I said, and I said his name again and he just kind of looked like he was getting ready to tear up. I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, he goes, I'm just surprised that you remember my name. You know, my name. And I'm like, why would I know your name? You're one of my students. You know, it's like, So it's fine. And he was one of those quiet, shy kids. Right. Quiet, shy, quiet, shy kids. And those in the, and that was me. Like I said, me in high school and high school and elementary, I was quiet. I never, I didn't want to say anything in trouble. So I was always quiet. But I look out for those guys probably more so. It's not like you're saying, it's not the quote unquote athletic ones that you're looking out for because you know they've already got the patterns down you know you could watch them once or twice be like all right they're good i don't have to like make sure they're doing it correctly every time because i know they are because you know they've got it in their system it's this person over here who's struggling so i go spend more time over with that person that you know then more so than somebody who's yeah and i guess
0: that's our biggest years. challenge i almost try to reverse roles i almost try to give the best athletes more not not necessarily leadership roles but helping roles where you know what i try, you know you have to do that right ben i mean yeah and i try to give the kids that are not as i try to give them big leadership roles where they're making they're learning how to make decisions within groups uh how how do you do how do you kind of you know you pretty much already said how do you integrate all your kids i mean isn't that what we're about
1: yeah yeah we are because we have such a wide range you know you've got And that's the hard part, too, When doing activities is how am I going to engage the highly athletic kid to the kid who is still really, really struggling? And so that's why when I do some of mine, I have, uh, like, say, bowling pins out. You know, I'll put them at various distance. So I'll get some close enough for the kids who struggle can still be successful to knock down the bowling pin. And I also give lectures, not lectures, but when given the directions, I also tell the kids, now, if you want a challenge, you should try doing this and giving them options too. Like this year, I've been really big on it more so than in the past, like the different size of ball to use or the different type of ball to use. uh, If we're say we're throwing or kicking or whatever. Um, So I try to change the equipment that they're using to get the objective of knocking down a bowling pin. So that helps challenge the kids. And then I'll say, you know, Anybody can hit, you can hit that bowling pin right in front of you all day. But what about that one over in that far corner? And so then I find my kids will challenge, they'll challenge themselves. Like we're, we're doing putting, uh, mini golf this week, not mini golf, but using uh, striking with the, with the putter and the kids are putting it, That go in the length instead of the width of the gym to try to knock down, uh, to get it, to hit a box or whatnot. And so that was fun to see themselves challenge. to challenge themselves. To try to, to get a point or score or whatever. So, having the, that talk, giving those kids those opportunities, but then, like you're saying, giving them some leadership, giving the, the highly athletic kids some leadership responsibility of, hey, so and so needs some help. You know, I'm going to partner them up with you. That way you guys can help each other. I also do like random partners where we do some, I use cards or playing cards or whatever. I know Kevin Till, I've used his a few times. He's got these cards out that, um, grouping cards uh Pam Powers has her little power deck that I really like too and I, I'll i use those so I use some different things so it's always changes for the kids so they keep them again staying a he- step ahead of them um and using those grouping cards and sometimes they get paired up with a kid that they're like oh man they they have either haven't worked with them before or don't want to work with them I'm like hey in life and we talk about it. in life. There's moments where you're gonna be with somebody you you don't get along with, or you struggle with, or you've never worked with. You gotta co- find that common ground of how do how do we work together? How do we make this work? What can we do? And then I turn around, and look in the corner of my eye, and I see him being very helpful, you know, with each other. And it's just I love it. I'm like, see this? That's why we do it, so we can learn it, so that when we become an adult. We, yeah, we it's his life
0: skills it. right there. I think sometimes we forget that it's it's not about the physical skills, yeah. man. It's it's the uh, learning how to work with each other. Because I know adults that we don't work with each other. So I know it's an important skill, right, Ben? I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah hey, tell definitely. me about. Um, and I, I know you're a busy guy. So I have a couple questions for you. I tell you, I really appreciate you uh, sharing with us. Tell me about consequences. So. I'm pretty straightforward how I do things. Like today, I had a couple kids. You know, I usually go first, first strike, second strike, third strike, third strike. You're out. Not only for today, but the next day. So it's pretty serious. Uh, So how do you do consequences? Because I think Mm -hmm. sometimes kids got they just got to sit out. And then you and still try to teach. But you
1: know, yeah,
0: yeah. How do you do that?
1: So, um, yeah, and to me, I look at the individual kid to know what it is that they need because there's some kids that, you know, they need that extra redirection several times. And then there's some kids that, hello, McFly, you should have this down. There should be no reason why you're acting the way you're acting. So usually I do like a three strike anyway. So I'll come by and I'll say, hey, you know, strike one. I asked you to make sure that you were handing the ball and you keep throwing it. And then if they do it again, boom, that's strike two. I don't want to see strike three. Strike three, we're done. We go sit down. Maybe you have to call a parent, you know. So, but you make that choice. And usually by the time we get that, especially when you say exactly. call a parent, you're like, I'm good, right? <laughs> and so they're like, I'm fine. But occasionally there are those times where they hit that strike three. I'm like, go sit down. I said, I'm I'm got to watch out for your safety, the safety of others, and if you're throwing the ball back your partner's not expecting that ball to come out they're going to marsha Brady it and get a broken nose and, you know, can't go to prom. I said, I don't want any broken noses in here. So it's a safety issue. You got, you know, and I said, all right, so just hand the ball. You got to sit down and think about this and, and, and pay attention. And so we, it gives me that time too. they don't always just sit where I'm not interacting with them, but it all, I pull them out. And, I sit, and then we have that talk about why it's a safety issue and why that rule is in place. And, And then I'm like, all right, so you owe me a little bit more time. So I don't make them sit out for an extended period of time at the most, like maybe two minutes. And then I'm like, all right, you got it together. You ready to to do the right thing? Yeah, yeah. And then they get back after it. And usually that works. Occasionally it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then I'm like, all right, you tried it. Let's sit back down. And then the next time it's a little bit longer. (laughs) And they're like, can I go yet? No, not quite there yet. You know, it's got a little bit longer to wait you know that because remember this is the second time you have to sit so um but yeah but usually i don't let it carry over from one day to the next it, to me it's a it's a new day so it's a reset every every day yeah and, day, and actually to, to
0: be, be honest with you kids. very rarely is it two days for me and i i, I can um but you know sometimes yeah. you gotta you know you gotta be really tough on them certain kids really need it but i love what you do and i'm very similar because i know they Love PE. Matter of fact, most kids are not going to be want to come back to, you know, English class. They would they rather sit out. They want to come back to PE. So I and I and I want them back. Um, Yeah. You know, but I. Yeah.
1: And that's a, that's a part of building that fun learning environment and, and inner interactive environment for them. That's that's key. So you want if the kids want to come back, then, you know, you got a program the kids love.
0: Yeah, absolutely on that. Of course, you know, hey, I steal things from guys like you and JD and all those guys, and I really appreciate. It. I kind of modify some things too. Hey, let's talk about your games. I tell you what, I I, I see in your games, uh, I see maximum participation, but I also see you use a lot of equipment, don't you? You 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 like to kind of have kids experience different types of equipment. That's what it appears. Tell me about your your best games. And why are you kind of a games guy?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. Quite, and You know, I've been there 18 years, so I've been able to build the equipment the way I want it, the closet and everything we want. I also do have access to a lot of different equipment because our district has like a checkout system. So we can check out if we don't have anything, we can oh, basically cool. check it yeah. out for two weeks and use it. So, yeah, it's really it's really <coughs> handy to have. Um, so, uh, games. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I probably threw not, a lot at you there, but, it, um, your, your games, I always noticed that first of all, your games are great. They, they have a lot of kid, a lot of high involvement, everybody's engaged and, but you do have a lot of different types of equipment, whether that's a throwing game or a kicking game. Uh, you just got a lot going on in your games and I love it.
1: okay yeah and so and it goes back to what i kind of mentioned earlier you know given that by having a lot of equipment out there allowing the kids the choice you're giving some experience using different things so they can figure it out in their brain like oh what really worked and what didn't work like i think there's a couple games i use where i have them roll a football on the ground and man you want to talk about frustration that that's that's frustrating for the kids they're like oh i want the football to use it and then they go to get and they go to roll and they're like oh man this ain't yeah. working out the way i pictured it in my mind and i'm like no and so you can see the wheels turning in their heads like and you ask them well why do you think that is so it gives you that also that gives you that chance and that opportunity to talk to kids like why do you feel this was easier over this and why were you more successful with this piece of equipment as opposed to this piece of equipment and so like i said this year i've really tried hard uh I've tried hard i've tried harder to give more of those opportunities for the kids to have that freedom and have that choice um it's one of the easiest things you can do to provide that opportunity of choice with the kids because i know that's been a big real big push with education you know provide you know kids have multiple ways to choose for themselves um but you know and that to me the to me, like the best games are the ones where the kids are so engaged that they don't realize what that they're they learning something and they don't realize how much fun they're having. I mean, they're having, uh, they do realize how much fun they're having. They don't realize how hard they're working uh, with some of them, especially the fitness one, man. I got some kids, they're, they're leaving, beat, sweat. Like, and I'm like, dude, how did you work that hard in the class? No, I was just so focused on that. They're just dripping. And it is, I'm like, man, that was a success right there you know and so and i try to try to remember how what i can do to keep the kids as active as i can and and if i can get a piece of equipment in every kid's hand during the lesson i do there's also there's some where you have to watch out for safety where i do have them like partner up because of that very reason of the space i don't want anybody getting hurt so the safety is the other aspect so as long as that we can all be safe with a piece of equipment we are um and so, and then I also give them opportunities too. like, you can either today, like this week is either, I've got enough set up. I'm like, either you can play by yourself or with a partner. I have a few extra ones. And so then they're gave that kid the choice again. Uh, and so they got to pick whether, you know, most of the kids wanted to have a partner, which always surprised me. Um, sometimes it's some grade levels. It's that way and other grade levels. They're always wanting to work by themselves. Uh, so as long as I have that space and equipment, those are kind of the options I give to the kids. And my biggest thing on trying to get every kid involved is because it helps minimize the off task behavior with them. Oh, yeah. Um, especially the little guys, kinders. Uh, if I have them go by themselves, man, they are all over the place and up in everybody else's business. Not a bad way, but it's just like just talking and being just way like goofy. And I'm like, man, we got to reel it in. I love my kindergarten class. You know, this is one of my favorite groups this year. And, um, so if I can minimize any of that craziness, then I'm like, all right, cool. Because <laughs> sometimes it gets too crazy, and I feel like it's out of control. I'm like, whoa, I lost control. Hang <laughs> on, guys, let's time out. Let's backtrack up. So, yeah, you know how it is. Like they, they just, you know, it's it helps. It helps when when um by everybody having something to do, a jo- basically a job to do, then they're less likely. Yeah, K
0: ones. Uh, I'm worn out. Trouble. I just want to tell. You, I'm getting older. <laughs> But I, I max out on, yeah. I have tons of activities. I I'll probably do. Cause if you do and tell me, you know, tell me what you do. Um, I might have three different activities for my kindergarten and just go, we just one to the next, but man, they're mm-hmm. maxing out on, on, you know, uh, fun, fun little skill games that I do. It, they, I think, I think with kindergarten, you almost have to do most things individually. Because the partners, the th- I mean, what do you think about that? Give me, give me some yeah. help with that. Um, I try to do a lot of individual type games.
1: Yeah, th- th- I, that's exactly what I would say. Is you, you almost need the individual games with the little ones because they're just their attention spans not there, and you, you only get them for a short time for them paying attention. We all know that in education. But having that individual one, and if they have their own thing going on, it's easier for them to stay on task and less likely getting in trouble because there's always something going on. And like you are saying, you have three different activities. So that too is good because you're bouncing from one to the next and the next and you're keeping their attention going. So it's kind of like that with the warm up. You know, I have that warm up and then I have we do one activity and then we move to another activity. So it's the same. We do like three activities. So it's just bouncing one to the next to the next, which really helps keep them focused and helps keep their mind yeah i absolutely
0: love that and i actually with my 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 fourth and fifth grade no actually just my fourth grade and my second grade i have now um i I picked up a thing from uh Charette called amrap as many rounds as possible we put different i love those i mean it's like it's so simple i have stations all over the gym and the kids just go up there, they read it and they do it, and the kids love it. And it's like the best fitness thing I've ever uh, put in. And it's like, man, I should have thought of this a long time ago. But, uh, you know, little things as us as coaches, man, we're always, we, we should pick our any other teachers' brains more, shouldn't we? I mean, there's some, great, there's some great stuff out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: Plenty out there, plenty of resources, plenty of people to talk to. And like i said before, earlier, you know, it's, we're all in this field to grow the students, you know we're the, here to to part of their physical literacy um not progress but physical literacy experience you know we're that's that's what we should be doing, so we should always be looking for what's best for for the kids and what we can do for them and if that means we talk to other people, we talk to other people you know it's that p l n is vitally important to to keep that growth going. And Ben,
0: tell me time. about my last question is this: Tell me about PE technology. What do you use? Uh, I'm just starting to use a projector uh, for this simple reason. I don't have, I don't have a whole gym to myself. Sometimes I can't. But that's another story. But um, tell me about what you do with technology and what other PE teachers can use. So. Um, I only use
1: technology when I see that it fits in enhance. Uh, and I say this when I present to enhance the, the learning of the students. Uh, I don't throw technology out there and say, hey, look at me. I'm using technology today, which a lot of teachers don't do that. But I always say that because people feel like I use technology a lot. I don't use it a lot, a lot. <laughs> I use pedometers. Uh, I also with my older kids, I use heart rate monitors as well. Um, so that's those are my main go-tos. I have a projector that I use when I do the dances. I'll project dances sometimes. I'll will have like the animated GIFs is the other piece I use and I put those in a Google Slide. So I use animated GIFs quite a bit as well. And those are very simple. I I love GIFs because it's a great visual for the kids and you can post it up on the wall. I use it for stations, so I'll put like nine of them together. I go around and I count the kids. Da, 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 da. They're at their cone. I said, all right, let's take a look. This is our focus. Our focus is on catching. Every one of these stations is about catching. So mirror what you see. So it takes out on how much directions I have to give. Uh, I don't have to go around and explain every nine station. And then in two minutes, turn around, Susie coming up to me. What do I do at number seven again? <laughs> oh, I'm banging my head against the wall. Um, so for a long time, I had I had – didn't use stations because of that and the way my schedule with the whole flipping and rotation thing. But now it's so much quicker, so much easier having that visual for the kids uh, is very, it too is, it's <laughs> a big, big help. So that's, that's the most I use for technology is the anime gifts with on Google okay. Slide. You can use a PowerPoint keynote, but um, okay. and then with the projector um, those are my biggest go to tools along with where you know pedometers, heart rate monitors. I know a lot of people use the apps. I, I mentioned earlier, too, using the iPads. I can check out iPads that our school has it, uh, in a system that I think it's like 10 of them that we could check out. And I use those now with that peer assessment on the Google form. Uh, I know a lot of people use the apps that go or the band video delay. I know a lot of people love that one. Um, there's some really good ones. Swork, it's another real good one out there. to have it kids. That's really good. A lot of people use that for the instant activity. You know, they'll project it and the kids follow along. So, I mean, there's a lot of useful tools and it's just a matter of finding what you're comfortable using, I would say. And if you have access to use it and then kind of start small and build from there. Like if you're like, yeah, I love this and research more and find more based off. Yeah, and I'm actually that looking like. to
0: use the, Now the projector is tough for us just because... You know, I gotta move it back and forth. You know, I, I don't like wasting. I don't like wasting time, Ben. I just, I just like uh-huh. boom, going from one thing to the next. But um, I do like the dance, so uh, I'm starting to incorporate more dance into my uh, into my program. And I know you're the master, man. You've been doing a lot of stuff with the dance. Um, and I guess you just use the projector, right, to kind of get, kind of show the kids, or is that pretty much your
1: Yeah, that's, I, I pretty much do that at this point in time in my career. Um, When I first started years ago, before even doing them on YouTube, is I would lead every <laughs> dance. Now, they weren't like the ones on YouTube. <laughs> they are like the Tony Chestnut and the, you know, um, 12 – I never really did 12 Days of Christmas, but like those kind of songs, the so Greg and Steve and the uh, Learning Station songs. Those are ones I did, and I did just fun little moves too, Singing in the Rain. So we usually would just do two of those. Uh, but now once I've started doing those the videos, uh, I know which ones work really well with my kids. And then I, those are the ones I rotate through. And I just sometimes I'll ask the kids, what would you like to do this week? Well, let's do this one. And I do it for the entire week so that when they're as I'm watching them go through it, I can see, OK, what parts can we mirror? What parts are can we follow along to? And that's how I judge too what I know what song would work or not work down the road with them because a saw you know i'll introduce a new one like all right let's try this one this week and then they can get it and then there's someone like well <laughs> oh, nope my bad we're not quite there yet guys uh but it's it's nice having that tool to be able to project that now and then it, it frees me up to go around and communicate talk to the kids help them out like learning the different steps and the patterns and stuff like that um but a lot of my videos and it, i try to keep not a lot of them but I know which ones but I'm try I try to keep in mind that they're kids uh and they're not they're going to struggle doing the dances so I try to simplify a lot of them as much as I can. I try to make it easy for the kids to follow along and mirror and and participate in, you know. And some of them are definitely more heavy based on fitness than they are actual dancing and so I think I recently put out a, a tweet for our session at, at Shape, about you know what is dance to me? Well, it's just moving your body to a rhythmic beat. I mean, you can you could do squats all day long to a rhythmic beat, and you're quote unquote technically dancing because I mean, if you look up the definition, is kind of along those lines. You know, just moving to a rhythmic pattern. So. You know, and that's what I tell my kids, I don't care if you're walking back and forth. I just want you to try, you know, and having that precedence in them is, is important. And again, we dance every single day, K1. They dance every single day. So I'm trying to catch them while they're young to enjoy it. Um, and then hopefully as they get older, they'll be able to draw from that. Like, oh yeah, I love dancing. And then not be the coach for <laughs> embarrassed to dance in front of people. Because I am, I am, I'm terrified. I, I, yeah, it's not. It's like my weak weakness. That's my kryptonite. I've never, I don't like dancing in front of people, and I always struggle if I try to present it. And you know, I just it's a part of the perfectionism. Like I, I if I can't do it right, I don't want to do it. You know, so I've never. That's why I love recording because I can. Just, oh, I messed up. Guess what? I can re-record <laughs> when I'm in front of people. I can't re-record. Yeah, record, no re-
0: yeah. And a kid, I tell you, kids, elementary, they love the dance. Uh, you you might have a few kids. I had a few kids the other day. You yeah. can tell they said, "Ah, I'm not doing this." You know, I don't force kids. I don't force kids. It's their choice. Um, man, the the kids love the. They have all of it. Yeah. Man, they have you know the floss. They have all sorts of new dances coming out. I mean, these kids is. Just- yeah,
1: that, if if it's one thing Fortnite did for 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 PE was at least it encouraged kids to. To dance a little bit because of those emotes that they do, and um, you know, granted, a lot of people don't like them. They're but, moving. You know, I look at it I'm like, hey, they're dancing. You know, if I got a kid waiting their turn, you know, wait for their partner to come back, and they're over there doing the shoot dance, even though they call it something different on Fortnite. But if they're go for it, if they're doing the best mates, hey, go yeah. for it. You're moving your body. Exactly. You're doing what I need you to do anyway. <laughs> so at least there was that benefit from it. Uh, you know, they. Not a whole lot, but at least there's that. But, you know, and I think that's kind of helped with some of the boys now, even like when I if they stand around, they don't want to do anything. I'm like, well, you know, show me how did you do the orange. I call it Orange Julius. I know it's called Orange Justice. I'm like, well, show me the Orange Julius. And they're like, it's Orange Justice. Oh, well, my bad. You show me what it is. And they start doing. I'm like, hey, careful, you're dancing now. And they stop and they look at me like, oh, uh, yeah. So I'm like, so, yeah, see, it's dancing. And so at least it, it opens that revenue and I think it's really hit some of the boys like, Oh man, this is cool. You know, between that. And then uh, Scott Williams had started up that his dancers group. And so we have that dancers across the U S where it's a bunch of men trying to encourage the generation. Now boys that it's okay to dance. It's cool to dance. It's fun to dance. Uh, that's like, that's kind of the reason why cause Scott's kind of the same background where I am. We've talked about this before about, you know, we're not just comfortable, not hundred percent comfortable. We weren't growing up dancing in front of people, but now it's like a like a second thing to him. Like it's like breathing to him. Me and I still have that embarrassment there, but um having that and I think too, boys seeing like so many other ones, they're like, Are those all your friends? I'm like, You bet they're all my <laughs> friends. I'm in the video with them, aren't I? Well, yeah, I'm like, You're my friends. I got lots of them. They're all over the place. <laughs> and one will pop up. I'm like, that guy's in New York. How'd you know that? I said, because I read it. It said New York at the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, anything to encourage the kids, dance, throw, it doesn't matter. I just want the kids to find something that they'll enjoy doing. So And it's just great. It's great
0: exercise, line. like you said, Ben. I mean, we, we forget sometimes, but we got to get kids moving in PE class. Um, that's a whole new, That's a, that's another podcast there. Because uh, I've I've seen some some bad oh, PE yeah. classes over the years. I just want to tell you that you know I've seen a lot of dodgeball academies. Um, and yeah,
1: it's it's definitely out there, and it's it's a sore subject with a lot of people. And I don't really get on my soapbox when I with the whole dodgeball debate because you're going to have people that are hardcore against it, and you have people that are hardcore for it. And no matter what you say or do, it's really up to that person to decide. And So I usually just say, I say, okay, well, me personally, I don't like to use it. I don't like to do anything where I use a kid as a human target. That's my preference. Um, you might be different, but then I'll say, keep back in your mind that there are position statements. And especially at our national level, there is one. And if a kid does get hurt. Uh, and a lawyer, no lawyer is going to help you because of that position statement. There's no, no fight. The The family will win because USB teachers should quote unquote know about your national, uh, what your national recommends is deeming um, vital or that's not the right word.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> I can't think. It's been a long day. So I, you know, and I say that piece, you know, I'm like, I'm that person. I don't want to get sued. So I'm on, I'm on be careful what, I, <laughs> what I play. But, you know, I don't think anything – I don't downgrade or say anything bad about people who play it because that's ultimately their choice if they feel that's fit for their kids and that there's cho- their choice. I also think there's a time and place it. like, it's the same thing like you're saying with dance. You don't want to force a kid to dance. You also don't want to force a kid to go out and play dodgeball if right. they don't want to get hit by the ball. So hopefully the people that are playing it, they're giving that avenue, revenue, outlet for kids. Like, hey, I don't want to get hit. And that was me. I didn't want to get hit as a kid. <laughs> man, that ball hurt. Um, Yeah, I found the tall guy and hid behind him. I'm sure. I found the tall guy and I hid behind him. Like, man, you stand right there. You be my bodyguard because thing's going to hurt. Um, right. Thankfully, I was fast. Uh, So, you know, it, as long as – I'm hoping that some people at least think about that, you know, think about is, am I providing another opportunity if they don't want to play? Am I giving them something else to go to, uh, to still stay active? Uh, so, but you know, that's like you're saying, and that's a whole nother podcast alone, you know, as is. Yeah. That's some great,
0: that's some great points right there. You mentioned some things, choice, um, you know, maximum activity, enjoyment, things like that. I mean, I, I tell you, I got a lot out of this podcast, and I, I appreciate you sharing with me. Uh, thanks for joining our uh, Championship Vision community, Ben. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate you. This is hey. This give fantastic.
0: one last piece of advice for a new teacher coming in. What would you recommend? Just one thing, and uh, and, and also I have all your information in my notes and everything that I'll send out to everybody. Um, but tell everybody how they can get a hold of you because you got a lot of stuff out there.
1: Yeah. So um, let me start with how to get a hold of me. You could just easily go to uh, you, I, you could probably just type in teach phys ed and my website should pull up. Um, you could type in my name. Make sure you go to Benjamin Perillo, not Christopher Perillo. That's my brother. <laughs> He's all over the Web, too. Um, probably more so than uh, I am. He, uh, and so that's is the best Chris. Way to get there. And I, I have. Yeah, a, go, I'm sorry. But I, go ahead, I was wondering,
0: is Chris, your brother, a PE teacher?
1: No, no, no. no. Okay. He's a he's a big techie guy. Uh he was the one he's the one who pushed me to get me hey, you should go do you, YouTube and all that and get out in this world like that. I'm like, oh, I'm thankful that he did cuz it's been yeah. a fantastic ride. Uh so yeah, definitely the, and there should be if you want to like email me, there's a like a contact form on there too. You can send me an email that way. Um if you see videos on YouTube, you can always comment on videos. I try to answer back to people. I'm not always great at it as much now as I used to be. I used to be really on top of it. Um, family kind of takes over. So advice for a new teacher is just, you know, keep keep your head up. Uh, there will probably be people that will try to put you down or push you down and, and don't fall into that trap. Just just stay afloat. You got into this field for a reason. You obviously want to teach kids. You want to, You want to be there for kids. You want to... Um, be a part of their lives and teach them skills and activities that you know that they want to enjoy doing. So just keep pushing forward, and if you feel like you're struggling, never fear, fear to to reach out to your admin, to other PE teachers in your district, PE teachers in in, in the world, like on Twitter or Voxer, or wherever you know, reach out to those people. You're not alone. There's there's a ton of us everywhere, and from all my experiences everybody's willing to help out as much as possible. I don't think I've ran into one person said, no, I don't want to help you. So that's been the greatest thing about PE is everybody's helping. So reach out. If you're struggling new teachers, I guarantee you there's somebody else that's been there right along.
0: Man, man. Thank you so much for sharing, man. You're the best. And you're a great mentor for uh, a lot of PE teachers, man. We need more guys like you. And there are a lot of great guys out there, but thank you again for uh, coming on and sharing and, uh, I appreciate everything you're doing.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate you having me on this.
0: Ben, take care, man. All right, have a great day, and um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks, Thanks All
1: Ben. Right, you do the same. Thank you.
0: Hi there, this is Max Rook. Just want to let you know about the recent podcast that I just recorded with Kevin Furtado on his Championship Vision podcast, where we talked about team culture, leadership, and navigating this journey from good to great and understanding the small shifts that can create extraordinary results. So I'd love for you to check it out. And while you're at it, check out the rest of Kevin Furtado's Championship Vision podcast, where he interviews a lot of great coaches who have a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that can help us all grow. So check it out, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.